To Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBril, I am CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we will get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you'd like to speak to a live human being, we'd be happy to take your call at the office, 757-456-2200. Want to remind everybody, our next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, January 24th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second, second and fourth Tuesday of the month or our rebroadcast on Saturday mornings following the show, then you can get this show as a podcast. Just search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. And if you're into social media, we are too. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Once a week, we put up uh, a financial planning oriented post. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors, smash that like button, and we will be internet friends. All right, if you want to jump in on the conversation here, have questions or comments relating to your own personal financial situation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. We're talking about getting your finances in shape for 2023. The first stage we talked about was debt detox, get your debt paid off, and develop a spending plan. So moving on to stage two, once you have a hopefully a clean slate, you can start Developing healthy savings habits. So saving is a little bit like a muscle. It has to be worked Mm -hmm. out and you can build up. You can start small and build up. But the important thing to do is to start. At a minimum, if you have an employer-sponsored retirement plan, you want to contribute at least as much as you need to to get the company match if your employer provides matching that's free money you don't want to leave that on the table so at least start with that yeah a a lot of times people will ask uh questions on you know how to start uh, how what's the secret to saving a lot of money and uh you know uh, amassing uh, a solid net worth and i always kind of come back to You've got to just start. How to eat an elephant? It's right. Yeah, one <laughs> bite at a time, right? Go. Exactly. It, it's, it's some sometimes people get so wrapped around the axle that they they don't see, you know, the big picture. You've got to just go to human resources on Monday or payroll or online or whoever does your pay and sign up for your company retirement plan and just start with $25 a pay period. 
or fifty dollars. Don't don't make it too big. Don't make it. I can't afford it. You can afford twenty five dollars a pay period, okay? But you've got to start. And so often people are like, well, I'll wait until I get all my other bills paid, and then you know I get the the clothes for the kids, and then then we will start saving money. Nope, no, you won't, because there will always be something in life that you will want to spend money on more. You have to start the habit of savings. That's the most important thing. Yeah, rip the Band-Aid off. Don't wait until you have the money or you're ready. Rip the Band-Aid off and start, like Kevin was saying, as, as small as possible and just increase it incrementally. So with inflation, I think a lot of people saw pay increases, people that get regular cost of living increases with their jobs. I know um, government employees got pay raises, I think teachers. Uh, so if you got a pay raise, that's an excellent opportunity before you start spending those extra dollars, put a little bit of it aside into long-term savings. And every time you get a pay raise, if you increase your savings, you know, give yourself a little raise, but then your future self a little raise, eventually you'll get to where you need to be. And the general rule of thumb, we would say, for those people that don't have a pension if you don't have a pension, you want to be saving. You want to try to work up to save at least 15% of your household income. 15 to 20%. Gross? Gross household mm. income. So that's, that's before the taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's of all household income. It's not like um, just one person does the savings and the other person spends all their paycheck. <laughs> right. We gotta, you got to do the math because it all counts. All right. So household income is $100,000, 15, 15 to, to 20. 20. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if you have a pension, if you are a GS employee or a school teacher and you are certain you're going to finish out your days and, and have a pension, that does change the calculation. You don't have to save as much on your own because you're – paying into your pension through your paycheck and your employers providing that. But for anybody who doesn't have that built-in pension, 15 to 20% is your long-term goal. But you don't have to get there today. Just mm -hmm. start somewhere and at least get the match. Right. Take the first tiny baby step, get started, and then the next step will be a little bit easier and a little bit easier after that. But if you never take the first step, if you keep delaying the first step, time marches on. And one of the greatest determinants in how much wealth you create over your lifetime is the factor of time. And time is something we can never get back. So starting early in your 20s, it's a lot easier to save small amounts then than waiting to your 40s and trying to play catch up because mm -hmm. you don't have as much time. Right. So let's talk about where you should save. We mentioned employer-sponsored retirement plans. That is the easiest place to get started if you have access to one. And you can contribute up to $22,500 a year into a 401k, 403b, TSP. If you are over 50, you can add to that. You get the catch-up contribution of an additional $7,500 this year. So that's a total of $29,500. That's a good chunk of change for a lot of people. So you can put that amount away. And we're not going to get into the new tax law that 
uh, came out at the 11th hour uh, last year that takes effect in the next few years. But those amounts are going to be going up soon. So you'll have lots of opportunities to save into your employer-sponsored retirement plans. Yeah, we'll cover some of the details in the SECURE 2.0 Act mm-hmm. that uh, just came out at the end of the year. But we're going to let the dust settle on that. Um, oftentimes when new legislation is created, um, there's more confusion than certainty and facts around it. So we're going to let that marinate for a little bit. And probably in a couple months, we will come back with a show that um, delves deeper into that and lets people know um, what uh, retirement benefits there are uh, changes in retirement plans and so forth uh, that they can take advantage of. Right. A lot of it's being phased in and really doesn't apply yet anyway. Yeah. So more to come on that. Um, after your employer-sponsored retirement plan, another good savings vehicle is a health savings account. We talk about these a lot on the show. If you have a qualified high deductible health plan, then you may be eligible to add to a health savings account. And we love health savings accounts because they are triple tax advantaged, better than any other savings vehicle out there because you get a tax deduction for the money that goes in, it grows tax deferred in the account, it can be invested, and then if used properly in retirement for medical expenses, it comes out, the growth is tax-free. So triple tax benefits with an HSA, and we love those accounts. Now, you do have to use a health savings account with a high deductible health plan, which a high deductible health plan means you, the consumer, uh, or the employee, are primarily responsible for a big chunk of those first couple thousand or more expenses in any calendar year for medical expenses. But used in conjunction with a funded health savings account, it's an excellent financial planning uh, tool and provides you the ability to still get rock-solid insurance coverage and have some choice in where you go um, for medical care because you have cash in the health savings account. So the whole idea of having a high deductible health plan, which, you know, when we were going through the Obamacare years, um, those were often looked down upon and criticized. (laughs) Yeah, like, you know, that's low rent insurance. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is not the case. It's just a different style, different technique for paying for health care services. So especially if you're a relatively young and relatively healthy person, having a high deductible health plan means lower insurance premiums. And then you can redirect that excess cash flow into a triple tax advantage health savings account. That's a win. To give you an idea, if you think you may be eligible for a high deductible health plan and health savings account, um, individuals with the correct coverage can contribute up to $3,850 into an HSA for this year, and families can contribute up to $7,500 this year. And if you're over 55, you can add an extra thousand dollars so you can put a decent amount into this account like i said it grows tax deferred so it acts essentially like your other retirement accounts and can be a retirement savings vehicle 
All right, we're going to step out for our last break right now. If you want to jump in on a conversation or have any questions or comments relating to your own personal financial situation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I'm CFB Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about uh, how to get your finances in shape for 2023. Start the year off right. Yes, new year, new you, right? Yeah. <laughs> getting your body in shape, probably maybe getting your mind in shape. Let's get your finances in shape. So three simple stages you can take yourself through this year to set yourself up for financial success are to detox debt, to get a healthy savings plan or habit, and then to put your money to work for you by investing. And we'll talk about those each specifically and what you can do. First, debt detox. You might have went a little, gone a little overboard when it comes to Christmas, or for some of you, Christmas might have been a surprise. You didn't realize it was coming in December, and you might have had to use the credit card to, to buy all the gifts that you wanted to give. Debt, though, consumer debt, specifically credit card debt or high interest rate debt, is really a big no-no. You want to try to wipe that out as quickly as possible so that you don't pay unnecessary interest charges on those expenses. Really, credit card carrying a credit card balance is a a no no, and you want to try to get out of that as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's really a uh, drain on your net worth. It's a sign of overspending. Now, certainly, it can happen from time to time for a variety of reasons. Maybe a big vacation or Christmas time, you went a little bit overboard. Um, or you had an unexpected emergency and hadn't quite yet built up that emergency fund, so you had to put it on uh, a credit card. Well, that happens from time to time. That's life. But uh, efforts should be directed to that immediately to pay that down as quickly as possible because among the worst forms of debt is consumer credit card debt because it's the most expensive and it's sort of the easiest to use as well, which makes it harder to go away. So focus on that credit card debt. Yeah, so trying to pre-save for big expenses that you know are coming up, like you know Christmas will be the same time next year, so maybe you pre-save for that or you pre-save for the vacation instead of racking it up on the credit card. If you are in the position where you have significant credit card debt, how do you get out of that? Well, there are a couple of strategies. One is called the avalanche we're going to go with a winter theme here, mm. the avalanche, where you pay off, you target the highest interest rate credit card or loan first. So you put every extra penny you can towards the highest interest rate card or loan and you Re- pay that off. Regardless of balance. Re- yep, regardless of balance. And then once you get that down, you apply all that money to the next highest interest rate. So financially, 
you're, you're tackling the one that's costing you the most first. So that can be a great strategy. But for some people, depending on the balance, that might not feel like you're making much progress very quickly. Right. If the highest interest rate debt is also your largest debt, then it could feel like you're just pounding rocks in a prison yard day after day and you don't see much progress get it whittling down that big debt and so it can mm-hmm. be demoralizing yeah and then it could cause people to stop unmotivating so right, right. so whatever so what 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 is most important is that you pick a strategy and you stick to it well the other the alternative strategy then i like to call the snowball strategy that's where you start with the smallest balance regardless of the interest rate you attack it you get it paid off probably more quickly than the biggest balance and then you snowball your payments onto the next card get that paid off snowball onto the next card so you start with the smallest and you can get some momentum you feel some progress and hopefully you can stick with the plan and i have always seen a lot of parallels between personal finance and weight loss or I thought you were going to say skiing, because snowball and that. You know, little little steps of progress are motivating, and they keep you on Mm -hmm. the path to your ultimate goal. And so that's why uh, using the snowball technique to start in little, uh, start for the little debt, get that taken care of, gives you sort of a sense of self-satisfaction, then attack the next one, then you feel like, I got this, and then you go after the next bigger one, and all of a sudden, you're making real progress. So it might not technically be the most financially expedient way of going about it, but ultimately, the end goal is to get all that bad debt paid off, and if that's what it takes to do it, then that's the approach you take. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the, what we'll call it a detox, if we're making a comparison to fitness, the other part of the detox is to take a look at your spending. Uh, It's always good to know what you are spending and where so that you can identify any areas that you might want to change or just make different decisions. Uh, A lot of people have no idea how much they're spending. But the credit card companies will give you a handy-dandy report at the end of the year that will show you every penny and where it went into what category. So if you use your credit card a lot, you can just pull up the annual summary and you can see where all your money is going. And then you may choose to make different decisions or you may not, but at least you know where you stand. So it's sort of a de facto and easy way of creating a budget. Uh, which most I people, wasn't going to say the B word. I know, I know. <laughs> most people, because most people won't do a budget on their own. It's sort of too big, too restricting, too difficult. So if it's not, so people aren't going to create a budget because they can't stick to it and it doesn't work. So, but there is value of no in knowing where your money is going and framing where some of that money is spent so that you can make sure that you are uh, operating as most financially efficiently as possible, paying down bad debt, and then redirecting cash flow into higher earning 
uh, long-term investment vehicles, well, first savings and then ultimately, uh, you know, your company retirement plan and investments. And that's how you build net worth over time. Let's call it a spending plan. Mm -hmm. Instead of a budget. Yeah, Yeah. we won't say the B word. A spending plan. Sorry, I even brought it up. (laughs) It doesn't mean you have to cut necessarily. But, you know, again, by looking at what you have been spending, you can determine if if your spending truly aligns with your values, if it's really getting you where you need to go, or if not. If it's not, where are you willing to make some adjustments? Start by detoxing debt and looking at your spending and maybe coming up with a spending plan to make sure where your money goes is is of value to you. Right, because once you get once you know where your money is going, then you can make good healthy, conscious financial choices going forward. When you don't have any idea, uh, it feels like uh, you know, water running through your fingers. It just, uh, you don't have control over it. And when you don't have control over it, you're most likely to make bad decisions and you're most likely to stay mired in debt or never get yourself on good, solid financial footing. And then the days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years, and you look back 10 years later, like, wait a minute. I haven't really accomplished much from a financial perspective, and retirement is looming. So that's why good financial habits are the foundation to a good financial plan. All right, we got to step out, take a short break for the news. We're talking about how to get 2023 off on the right foot. But if you want to jump in on this conversation or anything having to do with your own personal financial situation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison DeBrill, I am CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog box there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we will get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you'd like to speak to a live human being, we'd be happy to take your call at the office, 757-456-2200. want to remind everybody, our next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, January 24th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month or our rebroadcast on Saturday mornings following the show, then you can get this show as a podcast. Just search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us, take us with you wherever you go. And if you're into social media, we are too. We're on Facebook and LinkedIn. Once a week, we put up a financial planning-oriented post. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Smash that like button, and we will be internet friends. All right, if you want to jump in on the conversation here, have questions or comments relating to your own personal financial situation, 
Give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. We're talking about getting your finances in shape for 2023. The first stage we talked about was debt detox, get your debt paid off, and develop a spending plan. So moving on to stage two, once you have a hopefully a clean slate, you can start developing healthy savings habits. So saving is a little bit like a muscle. It has to be worked mm-hmm. out and you can build up. You can start small and build up. But the important thing to do is to start. At a minimum, if you have an employer-sponsored retirement plan, you want to contribute at least as much as you need to to get the company match if your employer provides matching. That's free money. You don't want to leave that on the table. So at least start with that. Yeah. A a lot of times people will ask uh, questions on, you know, how to start uh, how what's the secret to saving a lot of money and uh you know uh, amassing uh, a solid net worth and i always kind of come back to you've got to just start how to eat an elephant it's right yeah one <laughs> bite at a time right go. exactly it, it's, it's some sometimes people get so wrapped around the axle that they they don't see you know the big picture you've got to just go to human resources on monday or payroll or online or whoever does your pay and sign up for your company retirement plan and just start with $25 a pay period or $50 don't don't make it too big don't make it i can't afford it you can afford $25 a pay period okay but you've got to start and so often people are like, well, I'll wait until I get all my other bills paid and then, you know, I get the, the clothes for the kids and then, then we will start saving money. Nope. No, you won't because there will always be something in life that you will want to spend money on more. You have to start the habit of savings. That's the most important thing. Yeah, Rip the Band-Aid off. Don't wait until you have the money or you're ready. Rip the Band-Aid off and start, like Kevin was saying, as, as small as possible and just increase it incrementally. So with inflation, I think a lot of people saw pay increases, people that get regular cost of living increases with their jobs. I know um, government employees got pay raises, I think teachers. Uh, so if you got a pay raise, that's an excellent opportunity Before you start spending those extra dollars, put a little bit of it aside into long-term savings. And every time you get a pay raise, if you increase your savings, you know, give yourself a little raise, but then your future self a little raise, eventually you'll get to where you need to be. And the general rule of thumb, we would say, for those people that don't have a pension, If you don't have a pension, you want to be saving. You want to try to work up to save at least 15% of your household income. 15 to 20%. Gross? Gross household Mm. income. So that's before the taxes. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's of all household income. It's not like um, just one person does the savings and the other person spends all their paycheck. We gotta, you got to do the math because it all counts. All right. So household income is $100,000, 15, 15 to, to 20. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if you have a pension, if you are a GS employee or a school teacher and you are 
certain you're going to finish out your days and and have a pension, that does change the calculation. You don't have to save as much on your own because you're paying into your pension through your paycheck and your employers providing that. But for anybody who doesn't have that built-in pension, 15 to 20% is your long-term goal. But you don't have to get there today. Just mm-hmm. start somewhere and at least get the match. Right. Take the first tiny baby step, get started, and then the next step will be a little bit easier and a little bit easier after that. But if you never take the first step, if you keep delaying the first step, time marches on. And one of the greatest determinants in how much wealth you create over your lifetime is the factor of time. And time is something we can never get back. So starting early in your 20s, it's a lot easier to save small amounts then than waiting to your 40s and trying to play catch up Mm -hmm. because you don't have as much time. Right. So let's talk about where you should save. We mentioned employer-sponsored retirement plans. That is the easiest place to get started if you have access to one. And you can contribute up to $22,500 a year into a 401k, 403b, TSP. If you are over 50, you can add to that. You get the catch-up contribution of an additional $7,500 this year. So that's a total of $29,500. That's a good chunk of change for a lot of people. So you can put that amount away. And we're not going to get into the new tax law that uh, came out at the 11th hour uh, last year. That takes effect in the next few years. But Those amounts are going to be going up soon. So you'll have lots of opportunities to save into your employer-sponsored retirement plans. Yeah, we'll cover some of the details in the SECURE 2.0 Act Mm -hmm. that uh, just came out at the end of the year. But we're going to let the dust settle on that. Um, Oftentimes when new legislation is created, um, there's more confusion (laughs) than certainty and facts around it. So we're going to let that marinate for a little bit. And probably in a couple months, we will come back with a show that um, delves deeper into that and lets people know um, what uh, retirement benefits there are. Uh, changes in retirement plans and so forth uh, that they can take advantage of. Right. A lot of it's being phased in and really doesn't apply yet anyway. So more to come on that. Um, After your employer-sponsored retirement plan, another good savings vehicle is a health savings account. We talk about these a lot on the show. If you have a qualified high-deductible health plan, then you may be eligible to add to a health savings account. And we love health savings accounts because they are triple tax-advantaged, better than any other savings vehicle out there because you get a tax deduction for the money that goes in, It grows tax-deferred in the account. It can be invested. And then if used properly in retirement for medical expenses, it comes out. The growth is tax-free. So triple tax benefits with an HSA, and we love those accounts. Now, you do have to use a health savings account with a high-deductible health plan, which a high-deductible health plan means you, the consumer, uh, or the employee, are primarily responsible for a big chunk of those first couple thousand or more expenses in any calendar year for medical expenses. But used in conjunction with a funded health savings account, it's an excellent financial planning uh, tool and 
provides you the ability to still get rock-solid insurance coverage and have some choice in where you go um, for medical care because you have cash in the health savings account. So the whole idea of having a high-deductible health plan, which you know, when we were going through the Obamacare years, um, those were often looked down upon Bad words. and criticized. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that that's low rent Cheap. insurance. Yeah. yeah, no, that is not the case. It's just a different style, different technique for paying for health care services. So especially if you're a relatively young and relatively healthy person, having a high deductible health plan means lower insurance premiums and then you can redirect that excess cash flow into a triple tax advantage health savings account that's a win to give you an idea if you think you may be eligible for a high deductible health plan and health savings account um, individuals with the correct coverage can contribute up to $3,850 into an HSA for this year, and families can contribute up to $7,500 this year. And if you're over 55, you can add an extra $1,000. So you can put a decent amount into this account. Like I said, it grows tax-deferred, so it acts essentially like your other retirement accounts and can be a retirement savings vehicle. All right, we're going to step out for our last break right now. If you want to jump in on a conversation or have any questions or comments relating to your own personal financial situation, give us a call in the studio line, 627-7979. She's Allison. I'm Kevin. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. And welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. Alongside certified financial planner Allison Dubril, I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. We're from Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly news newsletter at WealthwayAdvisors.com. Next show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, January 24th at 6 p.m. But if you can't catch the show live every second and fourth Tuesday, then get the show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcast. Download us. Take us with you wherever you go. All right, tonight we're talking about how to get 2023 off on the right foot and some tips and techniques in order to shore up that financial foundation. A lot of people motivated at the beginning of the year to make some changes. Well, this is your time to do it. We've got some information to help you out. And just to show you how complicated and convoluted the uh, IRS tax code is, sometimes we have to stay up and stay up to date with the numbers we deliver for our contribution amounts. Yeah, so stage one of getting your finances in shape was debt, detox, and spending plans. Stage two is developing healthy savings habits. We talked about maximizing your employer-sponsored retirement plan contributions. If you can, we conflated some numbers there. So the maximum you can contribute in 2023 is $22,500. Or if you're over age 50, an additional 7500 So that's a $30,000 total. Mm. 
And then health savings accounts limits have gone up as well. Individuals can contribute $3,850. And then families can contribute $7,750 with a catch-up of another $1,000. So there's a lot of numbers floating around here. And, and we didn't mention this, but in case you're wondering about individual retirement accounts, IRAs and Roth IRAs, those limits went up as well. You can contribute $6,500 this year to an IRA or a Roth IRA, depending on how much money you make. And if you're over 50, it's a catch-up of an additional $1,000. So that's a rundown of some of the contribution limits. And any savings is good savings. So if you have access to any of those savings vehicles, we would recommend taking advantage of them. And a lot of those numbers are going to change with the Secure 2.0 Act. Um, mm-hmm. That that it will uh, they will change out into the future. This year's uh, contribution limits are pretty well set, but uh, the the numbers are going to change and get even more complicated in the future based on what we've seen already from the the Secure Act. So, but we'll once. Once the dust uh, settles on that, we'll come back here and, and give you an update on all that. Mm-hmm. All right. Right now we're going to pause, go up to Williamsburg, speak to Bill. Good evening, Bill. You're on Dollars and Common Sense. Hey, cool. Hey, uh, I would like to know, uh, when you say fiduciary, res- I think you call it a fiduciary responsibility. Is that what I think that's what you say. What does that actually mean? Does that mean if you get somebody in a particular stock that, I mean, you know, if the stock's going to go up or down, that's not your fault if it goes down. So would, would that be one where something else is involved, where you profit some way, but you know the stock's going to go down? I don't, I don't know what that means. Would you happen to know? All right, Bill. Yeah, th- thanks for the question. Essentially, what is a fiduciary? And it really has nothing to do with, you know, investments in particular and what type of investments um, your advisor chooses. It has to do with the duty of care that your advisor has towards uh, our clients. So a fiduciary is very much like um, a, a lawyer or attorney who you would hire to do what is in your best interest. So that's what we as fiduciaries are for our clients. We get hired by our clients to scan the financial universe and put together a package of recommendations and advice that is in our client's best interest. Whether it's in our own corporate best interest or not is immaterial, should be immaterial. We have to give advice that is in our client's best interest what we know the facts and circumstances surrounding our client and is the highest duty of care that one that a professional can have and is the highest duty of care in the financial service services industry most people in the financial services industry who call themselves a financial advisor are not held to a fiduciary standard. They are held to a lower suitability standard. And without getting into a bunch of legalese here, um, I'll just leave it at the fact that suitability standard is a lower standard. It's usually, usually required of financial salespeople who don't have to put their clients' interests first, don't have to um, recommend products or services that are in the client's best interest. They have to just make sure that the products that they recommend are suitable 
for that individual. So there is a very big distinction in the legal, legal world between a fiduciary and the suitability standard. Most people don't know about it. Most people work with advisors who are only held to the lower suitability standard. We're the Davids going up against the Goliaths, but we think it's a better mousetrap. And that's why we say when you're looking for a financial advisor, we recommend looking for a certified financial planner because certified financial planners, by the virtue of their certification, they are held to a fiduciary standard. And then you can go one step further and look for an independent registered investment advisory firm, which would be like we talked about at the beginning of the show with Gary, which uh, registered investment advisory firms are overseen by the Securities and Exchange Commission, and they are also held to a fiduciary standard. All right. Thanks for the call, Bill. We appreciate it. That was a good question. Uh, We throw the word out there a lot, fiduciary, but I know a lot of people really don't know exactly what it means or what the distinctions are. All right. Any uh, last tips before we uh, wrap up the show Real quick, yes. We didn't quite get to stage three. We we got to stage one and stage two, but stage three of getting in shape and financial shape for 2023 is making sure that you are putting your money to work. So savings is the first step. Money into the savings vehicle is the most important thing you can do. But then the next step, is to make sure that you invest the money. And we can say today that this is a better time to buy than it was this time last year. This time last year, markets were at all-time highs. Now we are in a pullback of 18 to 20%. So so investments are on sale, and you are buying on sale when you buy right now. Yeah, so just getting money into your 401k plan, for example, is step one. But then step two is once it's in the plan, where do you invest it? And a lot of times the default investment in a 401k plan or company retirement plan, TSP, 403b, is a stable value fund. It's like a savings account. Well, that's not the point of long-term retirement investment money that like a 401k plan that needs to get out of the stable value account and into uh, an equity type vehicle, an S&P 500 fund or uh, an all stock um, Vanguard all stock portfolio or something like that. You've got to get it invested in equities. Equities are where you are going to get the largest bang for your buck, the largest growth rate over an extended period of time, not in the money market accounts. So, Step one, get it in the plan. Step two, get it invested properly. Mm-hmm. And more to come, I'm sure, over the next couple months on how you can continue to put these practices into practice. <laughs> all right. That's all time we have for today. If you are ready to turn the page and start uh getting serious about your own financial situation, then uh, look us up online. Maybe we can help. WealthwayFinancialAdvisors.com. You can get a information packet. Find out what it's like to work with us at WealthwayAdvisors.com. We will be back in two weeks on Tuesday, January 24th for Allison, Certified Financial Planner Allison DeBrill. I'm CFP Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on AM790 WNIS. <laughs>